Welcome to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. Jackie Ressler, a divorce financial planner with almost 25 years experience, and myself, Melissa Fradenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. We are both certified divorce financial analysts and your co-hosts. If you're thinking about divorce or in the process of divorce, this is a time for you to take a deep breath and give yourself permission to gain clarity on the financial decision they're facing. While the term wealth typically refers to money and possessions, we know that truly being wealthy means a whole lot more. Together with our guests on this podcast, we will help you live wealthy after divorce. Hi, this is Jackie Ressler today, and I'm really excited to have Jolene Jacobs with us as our guest. She's an associate broker at Good Company Realty in Royal Oak, Michigan, and she's also a team leader of 10 Agents. Um, Jolene also has a lot of targeted experience with divorcing couples, and she has a background in in human resources, which is an excellent skill to have when you're working with people that are in the process of divorce. So welcome, Jolene. Uh, This is a topic that we get asked about all the time, so I'm really excited to be here. So before we get into the divorcing piece, can you tell me a little bit? So we are, today is August 9th that we're taping this. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about market conditions in our local area and what you see on the horizon um, and how things have, you know, how how are things being impacted by the economy, interest rates, et cetera? Sure, sure. So the housing market has been a complete roller coaster since the pandemic, since 2019. And this year, we were thinking, wow, do we expect what we expected last year in 2021, where there was just incredible sales? Um, There were a lot of people moving on and going to homes because they were working remote, so they could work anywhere in the country. And there are lots of people selling their houses. This year, in the beginning of the year, for the first two quarters, we saw an incredible um, decrease in the amount of listings. And at the same time, we saw interest rates at an all-time low as well. So what that created for especially February through about May was um, an incredible amount of multiple offers going on because the supply wasn't there and people wanted to buy. And there was still excitement from the previous year because everybody saw everybody's friends buying new houses. And so what's now happened in the housing market, as you know, is that when you watch the national news, you see reports of the impending recession and inflation and um, interest rates rising. And that has impacted the mortgage um, rates that buyers um, are able to obtain. So what we've seen is that we still have a lower amount of listings, but over the summer here, since about June, we've seen an increase in listings, but we've seen interest rates go up. So we have had buyers kind of back out of the market a little bit, which has then created created a longer days on market for our sellers. So sellers are seeing their houses sit a lot longer without as many showings as before, which is then driving uh, listings to have price decreases. And we haven't talked about price decreases in a very, very long time, a couple of years. So our sellers are now seeing that, okay, what my neighbors were able to get earlier this year, I'm not able to get 
you know, later on this year. So it's definitely a decrease. And we see that seasonality as well. Um, as we go into the school year, when kids go back to school, we always see a little bit of dip in the number of houses listed, as well as more price decreases if it didn't sell through the summer. So, and then it kind of dips back up in October, November, and then dips back down in December. So couple that with the inflation and the pending recession, we've got kind of an interesting um, environment going on in the housing market right now. Okay. So that is good for people that are looking to buy a new house. Now mm-hmm. it's great for people that are thinking about selling right now. If you, yes, but for the people who are selling, we are still at, still selling at all-time highs over the last 20 years, So, or since the recession of 2010. So it may not be as high as what your neighbor sold when there were not a lot of listings at the beginning of the year, where there were people paying $50,000, $100,000 over asking price. Now we might only see one or two offers come in, but they're still great offers and still at record highs as far as, yeah. And in most communities, even though we see that um, a recession is coming on, if we were to look at the last six recessions, that have happened, there are only two recessions where price, home prices decreased. That was in the 1980s as well as in the 2010-ish recession. So four other times a recession within our national economy, home prices rose. So we do, we are predicting to the National Association of Realtors that as a home seller, we will still see maybe a modest 3% increase over the next year in home prices. Okay, well, that's great news. That's yeah. good to hear. And yep. it, you know, from a, a financial planner standpoint, I know that interest rates have gone up a little bit, but they're still very low compared to. I mean, I've been doing. I've been a financial advisor for twenty five years, so I've seen interest rates as high as eleven, twelve. Oh, absolutely, percent. Like so we're still in a very good interest rate environment. Um, people just have, you know, maybe because it's been so very low that mm-hmm. it's been difficult to. Um, to get a good perspective on that, I think. Yeah, to, to put, actually, Jackie, to put the data behind that, if you look back to, I think, 1972, the average interest rate from 1972 to today, August of 2022, is 7.7%. So as of today, we're hovering in the fives, 5% era, era. So it is still relatively a lot lower than what the average has been throughout the last, you know, 30 some years, 40 some years. Right. That's awesome. That, thank you. I, that's that's my perspective. So I appreciate you yeah. confirming that. Um, let's talk a little bit about clients that are getting divorced. So I know that you work with a lot of clients that are getting divorced. One of the questions that comes up a lot in my cases, um, you know, we're analyzing for clients the affordability of them being able to keep the house, being able to, one person might want to keep it. And I work with them on how to figure out if they can afford to keep it, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And if not, and they come to that decision that they're going to sell. um, Can you tell me what are the pros and cons of putting the house in the market while the divorce is pending versus waiting until after the divorce is done uh, for the, the divorcing couple? Yeah, I think it first starts to, you know, I, I want to listen to the divorcing couple at each side as far as what their goals are from selling a house. And that kind of drives kind of the next step in the process. And we look at certain things as far as, is it wiser to sell now or wait? You know, of course, we don't have a crystal ball ahead of us as far as the national economic, you know, situations like we just talked about. But overall, it's been my experience that 
selling your house during the divorce process actually ends up being a calmer experience than afterwards. And the reason why I say that is that typically you have that support of your financial advisor, you have that support of of your um, divorce attorney, especially, that plays a great role in that in that selling process. So if there is certain situations that would come up that um, will make a big financial impact, you have that person to rely on during that process. And the communication is guarded. So the communication when it comes to conflict situations where it might be an uncomfortable conversation between each party, we have those divorce attorneys to have those you know, difficult conversations. So as compared to after the divorce situation or divorce happens, you may not have that divorce attorney to rely upon. And so it, and it comes to more, you know, face-to-face situation where emotions can run a little bit higher and it can be just a little bit more difficult after the divorce is uh, finalized. Those are good. Has that been your experience too, Jackie? It absolutely has. I, I think that, especially in a contentious case, it can be much better to have the attorneys there to bookend, um, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to speak for their client and also be able to reason with their client. Uh, the kinds of what are the kinds of issues that you find that come up when, um, so when, in terms of things that would need to be brought in front in, to an attorney or within the in the context of divorce, what are some of the typical um, arguments or issues that you find yourself dealing with? Yeah, I think that when we have a um, two thought processes as far as is the house ready to go up for sale or not, and um, that sometimes does involve kind of a three-way conversation. So as a realtor, you know, I'm going to have the 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 conversation with each side of the party as far as what is the market conditions, what is your house worth, you know, is your house unique or not? Most people think that their house is super unique, but Actually, the value is worth what somebody is willing to pay. And in divorce situations, we may have one party that's, you know, may have an unrealistic expectation of what their house is valued at. Or on the other hand, we have one party that says, oh, I think that we need to redo the kitchen before we put it on the market because I think we can get more return on the investment. So um, partnering with the divorce attorney as your realtor partner is that, you know, showing is there a return on investment? Is there not? And sometimes like during that process, it does take the attorney to say that, or the financial advisor, that is not a wise decision. And this is probably the best, you know, course of action for us to go or as far as for us to reach your goal. I, I, I agree. I, I think that it's, um, it's so important to have a team of professionals that actually talk to each other. So mm-hmm. I know that as a financial advisor, I would, I'd like to get the input of the realtor. I don't, you know, that's not my area of expertise. So I don't know if it makes sense for the clients to spend $50,000. Sometimes clients want to take money out of retirement accounts yeah. to make a repair on their home. Um, that's where it's so important to have conversations between your professionals. And I think that that's, can, it's often a mistake when clients, mm-hmm that there isn't communication between the realtor, the mortgage specialist, the divorce attorney, the financial person. It seems like a lot of people all together, but it really does sometimes take a team to be able to get to the right decisions for the clients and what is 100%. what's yeah. in your best interest. Um, when you are, um, so you said that you talk a lot about goals for selling the house. So is, is part of your process sitting down when you're working with a divorcing couple, do you sit down with them individually? Do you, um, 
how do, can you talk a little bit about how you run communication with divorcing couples that might be a little different than if somebody was not in the process of divorce? I think traditionally the the couple that wants to sell a house that's not going through a divorce is we always want both parties at the table when we come out to do a listing presentation because we want to share with them how we're going to market their home, what things that they might want to do before they sell the house. And of course, we share with them what the market value is of their home and what they can expect through our whole process. In a divorce situation, it's all, um, I guess it's, it's, it's individualistic because we we don't know what the scenario is. We don't necessarily know if there is a abusive situation where we don't want one party with the other party in the same room. So that comes to me having conversations with both parties in most situations separately and um, coming together, you know, through some sort of forum that um, maybe it's an agreement in writing, but it it's all depends on the situation. So, uh, but I think that neutrality is like, as a realtor is so important and really right. focusing on the data of the home selling process. It's not while there's tons of emotions that the divorcing couple is going to have an attachment to the house, really presenting this as a business transaction and a in, in, a, in that neutral and not necess- not siding with either side of the party as a realtor, just sticking to the facts and the data. Right. And, and that's probably where your human resources background comes in. Yeah. Yeah. 17 years of human resources dealing with employee relations, employee conflict situations, and also dealing with um, union negotiations as well with some of the major uh, unions out there. So on behalf of companies. So that's great expertise for working with divorcing couples. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, We were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording about uh, why having the uh, pre-home inspection is so important before you put the uh, pre before you put the house up for sale. Can you talk a little bit about why that makes a difference and and if you recommend that in every situation? So Jolene, can you tell us if there's anything that you would recommend to a divorcing couple before they consider putting their house up for sale? Yeah, so Everyone's real estate situation is different when they put a house up for sale. And some of them deserve special attention because it may be possible that the person that I'm working with may have not been the keeper of maintenance of the house. And it's important for both parties to kind of understand what the status of the house is as far as deferred maintenance. So we don't want to be necessarily surprised once we actually sell the house and we're under contract and that buyer does a home inspection and all of these red flags come up during the inspection and it ends up being a big financial target upon the divorcing couple that they were not aware of. So my recommendation to my couples going through divorce is to hire a private home inspector who will come out at the range of probably between $400 to $800 and have an inspection done of the house. And that way we can see whether or not there's any issues like maybe the house does need a new roof. Maybe there's um, brick and mortar issues in the chimney that you know, needs a, that's, you know, needs a complete rework of the chimney. Maybe we have a foundation issue that we haven't seen necessarily of living there for the past 20 years, but that outside set of eyes comes in and like, Hey, have you seen this crack? And how much has this crack gotten bigger? 
So um, those are things that can really hamper the buying and selling process. And so if you can tackle some of those inspection points of deferred maintenance prior to putting it on the market or just be aware of it. So if you do have to negotiate money off from the house due to deferred maintenance, both parties are there and they're ready to you know, have that discussion and they're aware. They have that expect- expectation already set. Okay, that's a great tip. So that even might um, prevent people from having some dis- disagreements about whether or not they need to put money into um, any kind of repairs. Maybe just take that off the table and say, let's have an inspector come and take a look. We have, uh, at this point in time, we have four um, home inspectors on our list that have been vetted by us. So um, feel very confident in that list. That's great. Because yeah. what's the point of having someone come out and do an inspection if you can't trust that the report is accurate? Yeah. And and in fact, um, two of those um, inspectors on there have done inspections on my home personally. So I would only want my clients to have the absolute best. So yeah, that's a great point. And again, a client going on their own and trying to get their own inspector, they don't have the experience that you would have to know a good one from a bad one. So right, right. And sometimes I have clients who say, well, Uncle Jim, he's a builder. I'll just have him come out. And then in a divorce situation, well, maybe I didn't like Uncle Jim very much. And, (laughs) you know, Uncle Jim is kind of slimy. And so you truly want somebody who's a certified, you know, home inspector who does this day in, day out. And the the best advice is uh, go with the realtor's advice on the home inspector. We, you know, I sell hundreds of houses per year. I see hundreds of reports. There are absolutely fantastic inspectors. And then there's the not so great ones that I would probably not recommend. So um, go with somebody who your realtor trusts. I think that's great advice. We have that come up a lot when clients come to us and they don't have an attorney and we recommend an attorney. I've worked with hundreds of attorneys locally over the last however many years. Mm -hmm. They might've gotten a recommendation from their friend or their cousin, or their coworkers, brothers, sister-in-law, you know, that um, they don't know if they got, if they had a good attorney. We can compare because I know what the expectation should be because Mm -hmm. we do so many of them, but it's got to be the same thing for you on your end. And do you have relationships also with mortgage lenders that you recommend that you think are, you know, better to work with? And that's a common question that comes up too. Do we have a recommendation for a mortgage lender? A hundred percent. They're on the same list of our preferred vendors. And especially for my divorcing um, clients, most people would think, oh, I'm just going to go to the the last lender who gave me this loan or refinance. I'm going to go to my bank. Well, in a divorce situation, it's a little bit different. There are certain, um, you know, out of norms that you have to consider when it comes to the mortgage process. So there is such a thing as a certified divorce mortgage professional. And so we have one of those on our list and those that's the person who I typically will recommend for a mortgage, the the next mortgage mortgage situation. So um, I think that a lot of my clients at the very beginning, they don't realize they have a real estate issue is that, oh, I'm just going to go through a divorce and the real estate will come later on, but they don't necessarily consider, hey, I'm not going to always live with my spouse. I am going to need to find a new place. And maybe that new place is a lot less expensive than the house that I'm currently in. And that's why we partner with people like you, Jackie, is that, you know, you're going to help them. What is, what is their income going to look like and what type of house and how can we work together to find that house that's right for that situation? 
Right. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the things that we work with all the time is that we've got one person, um, whether I'm sometimes I'm neutral, other times I'm an advocate, but mm-hmm. there are ways that you know, if my client is the one who's going to be receiving support, we can ask for support to run start running and have an order in place where the person has their own mm-hmm. bank account set up for a period of months so that they've got that clock ticking and being able to qualify for their own mortgage if they don't have any earned income. But Absolutely. those are the kinds of things that, um, that I think really it's important to have that specialized expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even with the home buying, just to add just one little, little caveat there too, is that with the home buying with your mortgage professional, not all loan professionals are created equally. In our real estate world, when I have a listing and I know that loan professional has been, you know, I've, I've done a deal or two with that particular loan professional. If I'm the listing agent, I know that that deal is going to go a lot smoother. So listen to your realtor because yeah. we, we know the good ones. <laughs> That's a great tip. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, that's happened a few times to us as well is that clients want to use the mortgage lender that they've used before and that um, the lender may not have any knowledge about what's specific to divorce. And we've gotten stuck and had to start all over again with a lending professional that has expertise in divorce. So Taking advice from the professionals who know, like you, who work with people, other professionals all day long, is a really important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate your time today. Is If somebody is wanting to get in touch with you, how would they go about finding you? We're going to put a link in the show notes to your website. Is there any other way that you recommend people reach out to you? Yeah, so Jolene at jacobsgrouprealty.com. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much, Jolene. I really enjoyed talking with you yeah. and I know a lot of people are going to get some great information from this. Well, thank you for having me, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. You can find more information on Melissa Fradenberg and Jackie Ressler on our website, www.pearlplan. as well as on our podcast website, www.wealthyafterdivorce.com.